can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So Hannah, are we still not talking about dating in Netflix? Well, because, um... <laughs> that's all I have to talk about. <laughs> I just said to you offline, but can I say it on here? Yeah. So I did like a question box on Insta asking like, and I actually wanted to ask you, what's the weirdest, like, you know how you've got that thing that you're really attracted to, Yes. but it's you're not sure if it's just you or if it's weird. Like, and so I did yeah. that as a question box. People have been sending in the funniest shit. Oh, I loved the one where they put their um, arm over the back of the, yes. cut, the seat to to reverse. That's so true. So <laughs> true. I mean, that's not weird at all. Something about that. But mine was actually, and this is a new, like I just realised this recently, I really like guys in, in therapy. And I know that sounds really oh. weird. <laughs> I just like, and it's, and I've just, and I just realized that four out of the five guys I've been on first dates with in the last however many months, they were all, they're all in therapy. Don't ask how I know that, but none of them flaked. Okay. Like they all turned up to the first date. Like no one flaked, which was just like eye-opening for me. There's a definite correlation. Correlation between working on Mm. yourself and turning up to the first date. So that was the first thing. The yeah. second thing was I went on a walking date not that long ago with this guy and I don't think he was in therapy. But anyway, at the end, he, he kind of like, <laughs> I'm very open as you know. Like yes, I'm someone you can much talk so. to and be like, hopefully, I, I hope this is true, that you could feel comfortable telling me, you know, deep, dark secrets even on a first date. Like I love that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he starts mm. talking to me. <laughs> about like you know his ex-wife and you know it just it it got it got really deep really quick or or whatever and then at the end of the day he was like oh my god this really felt like a therapy session and I (laughs) and I was like cool oh yeah great well I hope you sleep well tonight and then we said goodbye and then guess what I never heard from him again that was it oh so he just used <laughs> you for your psychological <laughs> services how rude kind of like, yeah and I actually thought it went well but maybe it was too much and and maybe yeah maybe that's not the vibe well he was the one talking about his ex-wife oh I was just like like asking some like you know like he started and then we started like getting into a discussion about it yeah Anyway, I think I'm probably the same. I don't shy away from asking difficult questions. Yeah, it's because Linda, that's what Linda does. Linda will be at a dinner party next to someone random yeah. and we'll get their life story. Yeah, no, she's asked me very deep questions before. Yes, yeah, she goes deep. Um, now, I want to know what you're weird, what are you weirdly attracted to? <sighs> Something that you're just like, is anyone else like this? <laughs> um... <laughs> I can't actually really think of anything weird. Um, um, a backwards hat really gets me. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, a backwards hat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, can I, I have a reference is. point? Is it like a celebrity that wears a backwards hat? No, no, oh I just God. sometimes you know, see them. How do you feel about mullets? I'm really into mullets at the moment. Um, like a subtle, no, sexy mullet. Sorry. All the YouTubers no. have mullets and I watch a lot of YouTube 
like YouTube creators, I am so I had a sexy dream about this YouTuber the other night and I woke up oh. and I was like, oh, he's got a mullet. And I was like, not okay. my type at all. And he was I was like, oh, that's new. I couldn't believe someone sent in um a rat's tail. Mullets I get. Oh, neither. Rat's tail? <laughs> rat's tail? No. What? <laughs> yeah, the mullet I can kind of understand. <laughs> Um, some more have come through this morning and I'm just dying at them. Everyone, I love how yeah. weird everyone is. Um, Read them out. I want to know. Okay. I mean, dad bods came up a lot. Yeah. And then the like 70s porn star, um, hair all over the body was a big one. Um, uh, okay. Veins. I went through a moustache stage for a while. Yes, you did. You did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I think you st- Joe, you still are. I'm over it now. I'm past it now. I just can't believe how much mullets and moustaches came up. That was probably one of mm. the biggest ones. Um, We've got an 80s revival happening. Oh, this, this was a funny one because I had said that I like guys in therapy and then someone wrote, um, my therapist want him to want (laughs) want him to want me even though I've got issues. (laughs) That's actually a thing. It's called transference. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jason Siegel. I so get that. I really get that. He's really sexy. Especially in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's, that's dad bod on like, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, (laughs) there was another one on therapy that was super funny. Someone was like, guy, like the opposite of me, guys that like have issues and aren't in therapy and refuse to go to therapy. Oh, okay. That's a little bit problematic, but yeah, (laughs) I, I probably, that was me a few years ago. Anyway. What's on today's episode? Um, So on today's episode, we are sharing some of your biggest beauty mistakes. So uh, just off the back of Hannah's question box, we're we're sharing another one. Um, And then we have a very special interview with Katie Jane Hughes and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So off the back of you sharing your uh, dating responses, Hannah, I put a story up yesterday asking for people's biggest beauty mistakes. And I feel like we've kind of touched on this before. I don't know if we've done it like ages ago in another episode, but I remember discussing how when I was younger, I would only apply fake tan to my legs and the rest of my body would be white. And a lot of people actually sent that through. And apparently that was a thing at the time. I think that was like mid 2000s, like mid to late 2000s. I'm the opposite. I do upper body and no legs. Because that's weird because your upper body's always on display. So that doesn't make any sense. No, but like when you would wear shorts at school, so you'd still wear like your school jumper and then shorts and then you'd just have fake tanned legs. And I remember using the um, Latan, I think it was Latan gradual tan, and it was so yellow. I used the Latan um, spray always. and my Lots of people said they used the Latan spray. (laughs) Yeah. That was big. Um, So there's lots of fake tanning disasters but what actually kind of spurred this on was that uh my best friend waxed her own mustache quite a few months ago in lockdown and she pulled some skin off oh and at the time she was like I'm never going to do this again and I was like make sure you're not using like retinols and stuff in the lead up to doing it because you're more likely to rip skin off yeah and so um she'd completely forgotten we had that conversation she'd blocked out of her mind that that had happened and then only recently she did it again. No. <laughs> she thought this time was going to be different and she ripped more skin off and it was just like two huge scabs <laughs> above her lip. No. <laughs> she couldn't cover them. She couldn't do anything about it. Oh. Um, and she pulled up to my house. She was like, do you have anything I can put on it? 
and I put some things in like little glad bags for her and she pulled up to my house. She was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I just handed her the bags and she left. Why doesn't she pluck the strays maybe? Or like, I'm trying to think um, of what else you could do. We just have too much hair. Okay. Bleaching. Yeah. Can she bleach? As a, as a collective group, um, we, we would usually bleach or thread as a, a group. There's six of us and we would, we've all got moustaches. So, yeah, we've tried a few different things, but she just couldn't go and have it threaded because the threading places yes. weren't open. So she tried to do an at-home waxing job and it just it, didn't it work out. So it was quite a few uh, waxing nightmares that came through. And we've done a separate episode on waxing nightmares, so I won't get too much into that. But one of my friends who's a beauty therapist actually reply- replied and she said she dripped hot wax in someone's eyelashes while she was doing an eyebrow wax. <gasps> like she would have had to spend so much time getting that out. Um, someone else said they accidentally sprayed spray tan on their blonde roots instead of dry shampoo when late for work. And that's just going to make you even later because you've got to call up and be like, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't actually come in. You have to wash that out straight away. So many people said toothpaste on pimples. So the, the question box was, what's the biggest beauty mistake you've ever made? And a lot of people were like, I was doing this up until I started listening to the podcast. So I'm glad that we've at least changed a few people's lives for the better. I am going to dob Megan in from our team. She wrote skincare routine, olive oil as cleanser, Nivea body lotion as face moisturizer and face wipes. I can't believe she got the job. <laughs> I, we, we hired her. I know, I know. Um, she's come a long she's way, She's come a long way. Lots of people using the apricot walnut scrub twice a day, Oof. flat out. Oof. A lot of people saying that they tweeze their eyebrows too thin. That's just a classic. classic. That's not even a mistake. That was just a trend at the time. Like you can't. You know, you can't do anything about that. That was just a trend at the time. Uh, someone else said they cut a knotty bit out of their hair in year nine, gave themselves a rat's tail. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> we love a rat's tail, yeah? I actually, my biggest beauty mistake was um when you said the apricot scrub. Remember when I bought, um before I started a door, I bought prescription Retin-A from the yes. pharmacy in Thailand and used it twice a day. Because I didn't know what retinol did. I'd never used retinol before. And then I'm using prescription yeah. retinol twice a day on my face. Yes. My face completely. Wow. I okay. burnt my face off. Please don't do that. Because you didn't need a prescription. Mm. So I just bought it and started using it. I, I mean, look, yeah. I obviously was like getting into skincare if I did that. Like that was like, and then I got the job at a door. And thank God for that. <laughs> I've never used a prescription retinol on my skin because I can only use like the gentlest ones. Otherwise, my skin just freaks out. Another person said, trying to dye my hair brown in a school lunch break, then go back to class. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Obviously, tried to box dye her hair in the school bathrooms. Oh, wow. Homemade hair mask from egg, hot shower, scrambled eggs in my hair. I just don't, don't DIY anything. Yeah, guys. wow. <laughs> That's all I, I want to say. Um, cut my own layers at 13 and then no. said my mum oh. made me leave it for a month as punishment. Oh, that's a good tip. <laughs> Go mum. When I was four, I used my dad's razor to shave my whole face, including my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, lemon juice and soda as a home remedy for teeth whitening. Oh, God, that can't be good. Uh, lots of people also said sun in. And by the way, I feel personally victimized by that because I also use sun in for like, that was I think probably from when I was common. in grade four to year seven, I reckon I was thrashing that every summer and I loved it, but it did turn your hair orange. It totally did. Like I do have a photo of me with my hair sun in and it's, it is orange. 
Um, but I think I liked it at the time. Uh, lots of people said tanning for hours in the sun Oof, with no sunscreen. Yeah, yep, yep. That makes me cringe. Lots Same. of people also said solarium also makes me cringe. Um, been there. Uh, <laughs> also another popular one was, and you would have done this for sure because I did, spraying hairspray on your face as a setting spray in high school. Yeah, I've done that for like, sure. 14-year-olds these days have oh. no idea the shit we used to do. Setting sprays didn't even exist then. That was like a calisthenics trick was to just set your face with like hairspray. No one would do that now. They've yeah, all got kids these days have have it very different. Um, in high school, someone told me that trimming your eyelashes makes them longer. No. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. Uh, a lot of people also had uh, mishaps with at-home dermaplaning tools. Cutting themselves? Yes. So sh- either like creating grazes on their faces Oof. or accidentally shaving parts of their eyebrows off. No. So if you are using an at-home dermaplaning tool, which I don't necessarily recommend, but be very, very careful and make sure you watch like 10 tutorials of how to do it before you actually start. Mm, because I agree with that just a recipe for disaster it's a very sharp blade and it is pretty much designed for professionals but um yeah if you are going to do it just be careful oh no this is something that i think you've done hannah but i think you waxed yeah uh, this person said dry shaving my arms and then fake tanning before the races Ooh, had lines all up my arms i remember the time you we had our we had a photo shoot and i waxed my arms put fake tan over the top and i had red bumps everywhere like yeah don't do that you've got to wait 24 hours at least and then you're like what's happened and I'm like yeah (laughs) I've learned my lesson um okay this is definitely the weirdest one and this is the one that I want to finish on because I just I had to read it three times to figure out why this person said using horse worming paste topically to treat my rosacea what what is is that like an old that. wives' tale? I have no idea. But I just don't know why you would do that. Wow. Um, so there's lots and lots of responses that were sent through. Thank you to everyone who sent them through. I haven't even got like halfway through the responses. There's just so – but a lot of you had the same ones. Like a lot of people using the apricot scrub, a lot of you tanning, not using SPF, not taking your makeup off, bad tan jobs. We've all been there. Let's just acknowledge that we've all made mistakes, but you know, we're here to learn, we're here to move forward. And you know what? I reckon our children are going to be so lucky to have us. Yeah. You know, we're just going to know everything. We're not going to let them make stupid mistakes. It's going to be very different. Like, I'll be getting like pimples, like salicylic acid, skin cell salicylic yeah. acid for my 11 year old with breakouts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Now, Hannah, we have a very, very special guest joining us today who I believe was on my original bucket list of guests to have on like two years ago. She was. So today we're joined by definitely our favourite makeup artist in the world, Katie Jane Hughes. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, what a what a <laughs> testimony. That was so generous. We of you. literally had Chrissy Teigen, J Lo, Katie Jane Hughes. Like I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's so nice. Thanks, well, guys. At least now we can tick you off our list. But we wanted to invite you on because you have partnered with one of our brand Spectrum brushes. So we're gonna have a little bit of a chat around that. 
But I want to start off by talking about your ethos around normalizing skin texture because you show all skin texture on your videos and in your content and you've spoken a lot about it as well, which I think is just really refreshing. Do you think social media has many of us believing that we shouldn't have pores and lines and any kind of imperfection? You know, I think it could be a bit of a few things. Like I remember back to my early days, a retail environment that I worked at had a product called Pause No More. That was 15 years ago. Mm. So like we've been kind of conditioning ourselves that like pores are bad for longer than 15 years, probably for even longer than that. And so I don't think it's just social media, but I do think that there's this like, expectancy and I don't even think it's the same anymore I think there's a lot less of this like oh you have to be you know your pores have to be invisible and your skin has to be pristine like there's a lot more of this you know who you are and what you look like is perfect just as it is energy which I'm so there for nowadays but like a couple years ago it was like everything was filtered everything was edited everything was retouched and you know I came onto Instagram at a time where like it was a lot of a you know Instagram community heavy app versus makeup artists coming on and being like hey this is what you know not not to not to downgrade anybody's skill or talent but this is what makeup artists in New York or London this is how we do makeup on set for a photo shoot as opposed to in a different kind of scenario like weddings wedding makeup is different you know makeup for film and tv is totally different to fashion makeup makeup for theater is totally different to makeup in the fashion industry so the fashion industry makeup is quite specific because it's like if a photographer can see too much foundation on that skin you are getting sent back to your hair and makeup area with that model to get it fixed so like you're conditioned from a very early age of assisting that skin is supposed to look like skin and it's okay if there's a little bit of texture. Photographers typically, a lot of photographers I work with even prefer to retouch a pimple if it's there versus foundation texture. So, you know, if they are going to retouch a pimple ever, if it's distracting from the makeup look, but then so many brands that I work with um, nowadays don't even take little bits of texture out of the skin like they mm. used to, because it's just getting to be a bit real, unrealistic what people are supposed to strive for, because it's not mm -hmm. real. 100%. Yeah, it is good mm. to see a lot of brands moving in that direction of photoshopping a lot less. Yes, 100%. So you're known for your live tutorials and like really amazing experimental makeup looks. A lot of us get, it, get stuck in our ways doing the same look every single day. Do you have any tips for branching out and trying new things when it comes to makeup? Well, what you just said struck a chord with me because I also get stuck in my way, but it's a different thing. <sighs> Like for somebody that doesn't wear much makeup, it's probably just to put a little bit of mascara on, a bit of blush and a little bit of lip balm. For me, it's like I keep getting stuck in the routine of, you know, doing just a graphic liner or doing just a halo eye. And that's kind of my, my, my comfort zone in a way or my, you know, my rut, for lack of a better word. The best way, I think, to get yourself out of a creative rut or to push yourself to try something new, I think, is to honestly just pretend to be a kid again in a weird kind of way and just like start playing with makeup in a way that you don't actually have a end game in sight like just get some products near you and around you and don't have any perce perception don't have any goal in mind just literally go mm. and just keep throwing it on and just work with the textures and consider yourself like a painter in a way like that's what I do I'm like mm. messing with a texture here and then I'll throw in a texture there and I'll do this and until I feel like it's complete I won't stop and so then you you surprise yourself most of the time because you will probably go a bit further than what you it's like if you don't set the standard of what it is that you're going to do or if you don't like 
have an end goal, you will probably go further because you're just having fun. And you're just like, you're, you know, you, all of your ambitions are like, is that the right word? Oh, you're, you're just more relaxed and in a, in a situation of mm. playfulness with, with your makeup. Um, or another thing that I love to do is I go on an app like Pinterest and I literally just like type in graphic eye and then I just see what really amazing creative things come up. And then I put my own spin on certain things because nothing I don't believe is really new anymore. I think that everything, a lot of things in the art space are so much reinvented, reincarnated versions of other things um, with different people's spins on it, either modernized or even taken back the other way. Mm. I feel like I never do color and then I see your Instagram and I was like, Same. oh yeah, I'm going to, because I wanted, I, I saw in your Instagram, you did like, there was a color, it had like five different colors maybe and there was a whole um carousel of all different people yeah, trying yeah, to do it yeah and I was like I think I'm gonna try that one next it's fun I mean that's something that like when we started to when we were in like May of last year we were in super duper lockdown in New York but you could go out for a little stroll if you wanted to like for 20 minutes every few days which we did every now and again and I remember just like being really in the zone with creating content during that first month of lockdown in New York in April and I just remember being like it was almost my therapy and it was almost my way to like have somebody to talk to in, in my audience and in my community as well as my husband but you know we were like in Netflix together when we were at home and stuff but one time I like remember just like throwing all these colors on my eye didn't really like it so then I threw other colors over it and I was like actually I really like this now and then I went out for a walk with my mask on and I was like had a mask on and there's mad kind of graphic eyes and a few people were looking at me but like and like I heard one woman be like whoa look at her eyes and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I've done my job for the day I've made somebody like either she might have thought it was crazy she might have thought it was cool who knows but either way it was like you know kind of fun to so yeah mm. I think just like playfulness with makeup is fun if being at home more has taught us anything it's new makeup skills i reckon a lot of us have been I around me too. Home. i agree 100 i agree hannah's not just so learned how not to so do me. lashes <laughs> i just i learned i found i learned um false lashes Amazing. that's been my lockdown goal i mean it's hard yeah no still not great i did individuals that's a no but now i'm on strip lashes <laughs> well i find strip lashes harder so well done um it's okay. funny i think i feel like the only way that i can get better at doing makeup really is to do it on other people so because mm. you push yourself into you know you, you there's only so much that you can really learn on your own face until something changes shape. Mm. Um, so you've partnered with Spectrum on a new line of makeup brushes. Can you tell us a little bit about these brushes and why you decided to collaborate with Spectrum? So we were on set about two and a half, three years ago now. And at the end of the shoot, I was just like, they booked me for a job just for their makeup, for the launch of their makeup line. At the end of the job, I was like, hey, I really want to collaborate on a brush kit like if you guys are interested let's talk and straight away they were like yeah and the reason why was because so many of my brushes that are in my kit personal or professional they're all brushes that are things that I've been collecting for years and years and years half of them are discontinued mm. some of them were five dollars some of them were fifty dollars some of them were twenty dollars some of them were a hundred dollars for a single brush and I can't expect my community to be able to first of all find discontinued tools that can't that you can't buy anymore or like necessarily you know, everybody's got a different price point that they are working with as far as shopping. So 
I wanted to create a brush kit that I could essentially just be like, this is everything that I would use or this is everything that I would need. And so that I, first of all, wasn't getting questions that I couldn't even answer. And so that I was hopefully giving people a product that they really, really wanted. So we we sort of, we sat there that day at the end of the shoot, basically kind of going through brushes in my kit that I really loved, but how would we tweak them and how would we make them unique and how would we, you know, um, adjust them a little bit so that it was a bit new and a bit different or better. And so um, it took maybe a year and a half to sort of nail down the shapes and sizes until we were ready to launch. And it's been amazing. And a lot of them, I have a previous career of a manicurist back in my early, like up from when I was 17, between 17 and 23, I used to do nails. Um, and I used to do a bit of nail art. So a lot of the nail art inspired tools made it into the eyeliner brush assortment because they're actually very mm-hmm. much the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I've seen Nikki makeup using those really yeah. um, like thin brushes that they do for nail art. Yeah. 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 And if you could only pick one brush from the, from the collection, which one would it be and why? Like what's your most used brush? I'd say my most used brush is the number eight. That's the one that we included twice because it's great for concealer. It's great for foundation. This one's clean. This one's not. Great for concealer, it's great for foundation, it's great for highlighter, it's great to contour with, it's great mm. for blush if you want to be quite small, it's great for shadow if you want to do a quite a large wash of colour on the eyelid. Um, and it's really, really soft and I mean they're all super duper soft, but um that one is my favourite because it comes twice and it's like kind of the special one of the bunch. But also it's a cool thing to like share with a friend. Like if somebody doesn't need 25 brushes in the full kit for example, they could share it and then they would both each get a number eight. Yeah, that does look like a very versatile brush. It looks similar to the shape of the one that I would like just put a little bit of powder through my yeah. T-zone with. Great. Also amazing for powder. Yeah. yeah. It's like we I didn't want them to have names. None of Spectrum's brushes have names anyway, but I really, really was adamant that I didn't want them to have names because I don't want I didn't want it to limit to what people could use it for. Yeah. Um, I, I do find that when I first started playing with makeup, I would like, if it was this brush, it was only for that. Yeah. And like I did, yeah. I'd be like the name and I'd be like, oh, I can't use that for anything else, which is funny now because I use like all my brushes like for all different things. I do, I do too. It's like there were rules. Yeah, yeah totally. Sure. Um, so let's talk about skin prep for a moment because your base is always beautiful. Like you look so radiant nice. right now. That's um, so nice. We've noticed that you're a big fan of Walita's skin food. Are there any other base products that you love for really dewy, radiant skin? Um, I love Ren Ready Steady Glow Tonic. Love mm-hmm. that. Like that when on a reusable cotton round just like polishes my skin up nice. Like just a little tiny, tiny bit. You're supposed to use it at night, but I use it in the morning. I do that. And then I'll just use like really rich creams where I need them. Well, mm-hmm. Skin Food is a perfect example. I'll put the shine of, I'm, I'm not even considering it as a face cream, honestly. I'm considering it a, I'm using it exclusively for the texture, the ingredients and the smell and the other amazing things that it has to offer are honestly just a, a side effect and a benefit. Mm-hmm. I'm using it because of how thick it is and how emollient it is and how glossy it is because it basically will shine through any complexion product and make your skin look like a million dollars and mm-hmm. it's there's, there's a reason why it's been around for so long there's a reason why like celebrities and makeup artists love it all across the world it's just one of those power products that's just always going to be here and I think that it, it's also a real it's a master manipulator too like I can use it with a brush to clean up an eyeliner if I want to I can use it to mix with a really full coverage concealer to shear it down I can use it under something like a super I can use it under the fullest coverage foundation that exists and that full, full coverage foundation will look like 
you've just been for a facial and you've got no makeup on at all. Yeah, it does give you a lot of um, versatility. And it's like in-flight face mask or on your cuticles or like on your feet, put a pair of socks on, go to bed, like yes. anything. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's also best. not expensive. It's like 10 quid, $10, yeah. 10, you know, wherever you are. It's, yeah, it's like, it's like so good. I remember one time I broke out with it. It's funny because I've never broken out with it before. And one time I broke out with it because I literally flew and I was putting it on every two and a half hours on a flight. And I was like, why am I doing this? And then I lost that. And then I got a breakout from it. But other than that, I've never, ever broken out from it ever. But I love it. It's so good. Have you, you've got lots of different tips and tricks that you share. Which makeup hack has gotten the most attention or surprised people the most? Whoa. Um, you know, I would say the hooded eyeliner trick that I share I didn't create it by mm-hmm. I didn't create it by any means, but I think what I what I helped to do was help people understand how you're supposed to do liner for hooded eyes. Like mm-hmm. some people call it the bat wing eyeliner, I just call it the liner shape that you do if you've got a hooded eye or a fold. And the trick that you do is is draw over the skin when your eye is open. Because the problem is people do their eyeliner and then they'll open their eye and half of their eyeliner is missing or it's a wonky shape at the outer at the outer edge. Mm-hmm. And so if you do it with your eye open, you can literally see where it has to go. Like right now I'm like looking in my mirror and I can see if I did liner or if I kept it really, really thin, it'd be fine. But if there's a little bit of a lid fold coming below your lash line on the top lid, then you have to do that trick mm-hmm. if you want your liner to be visible. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that and then I would say like, Mixing like lipstick with a bit of concealer to create a really beautiful blush color is one fun mm. one that that people always kind of like go, huh, didn't think about that. That's cool. The, the thing that always mesmerizes me is how you do your brows. Because I see like oh, what yes, you're starting too. with and I'm like, how the hell does that It's like come makeup out? looking so yeah. perfect. It looks like you've just got naturally fluffy brows. Well, and, then that's you, good. and then you see it from the start and you're like, what? Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I find it really therapeutic. I did microblading a few years ago and I didn't really love the effect. So I was just like, and it wasn't that I didn't love the effect. It doesn't, it didn't really last very long. And mm. so I was like, this mm. isn't worth the pain. And <laughs> the numbing cream didn't really do anything to me. So I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. And also like the benefit of having such sparse eyebrows, a silver lining, I mean, because there is a silver lining to most things, is that. I can put on whatever shape brow I want yeah. any day of the week, mm, which is yeah. awesome because like one day I want to do a big fluffy brown, one day I want to do like a 90s kind of skinny brow. It's amazing how steady your hand is. Like I just think if I tried to do that, <laughs> it would be all over my head. There's tricks. Your elbow can be on a table oh, okay. and you can be leaning forward. So now my elbow is on the table completely. My elbow is now on my laptop so that you can see what I'm doing. But my elbow is on the laptop. My pinky is on my forehead. I've got two okay. forms of stabilization here. Right. If I was like, mm. I can totally do it like this, but all of the lines aren't going to go where I want them to if I'm yeah. completely like in, in the air like that. But a pinky here, same with liner. If your pinky is here, all that needs to move is your wrist or your fingers, you know? So you've got the elbow on the table, pinky on your temple area, and that yeah. should help to keep your hand steady. Um, now, we have a segment on our regular episodes called uh, Product We Didn't Know We Needed, which is basically a product we didn't know existed until we became obsessed with it. Do you have a product you didn't know you needed that you've discovered could be 10 years ago, could be last week? It can be as general or specific as you like, by the way. It doesn't have to be purely beauty related. We've had guests say a water bottle before. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would say a product that I didn't know I needed. I, I, it is a beauty product. I would say like a freckle pen. 
I think mm, I like okay. really love using a freckle pen to just like throw on a little bit of facial texture and add a little bit of mm. dimension to like that area and if you're wearing a full coverage foundation to put freckles over it actually makes it not look full coverage anymore because mm. you wouldn't be able to see your freckles if it was full coverage so that's probably one thing that like I'd miss it if it wasn't in my makeup bag and I'd probably mm. travel with it everywhere I go but I've, I've got too many of them I'm like greedy I want all of those <laughs> didn't know I needed is a freckle is that just like a normal like line or something or so this is one from it's called freck um mm. and the, the brand is called freck yeah um and I basically place it's quite intense so if you go to the face and then dot it on if you don't blend that it's basically a beauty mark but if you just press it around however pressing it around on the face is not as easy as if you were to like make a few polka dots on your fingertip like ah, that and, then, and it makes it look much more natural yeah you have like few like stainy freckles on your fingertip for a bit but it comes off after a few hours <laughs> um and like just doing that and sort of pressing in any of those areas where you want your freckles to be always i think the best place to start is where you might have a few already like yeah. on you i would do it where that be where those two beauty marks are and like scatter them around there first mm-hmm. so that it naturally because that's where they would probably mm-hmm. exist love that tip we're getting like a free tutorial here <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> Um, so if someone listening is wanting to completely overhaul their makeup bag and start from scratch, what are the basics you recommend every makeup wearer has at their disposal? A really good tinted moisturizer and a full coverage concealer, because with those two things, you can create multiple, multiple textures. You can just do the tinted moisturizer. You can just do the concealer or you can mix them together. You can even cocktail the tinted moisturizer with the full coverage concealer to create all these different finishes and textures. Um, well, later skin food would be a must. And then, you know, a good red lip. Like the perfect, like if I was going on a trip, that's these are the things I would take. A good red lip, um, a good brow product, a, amazing mascara. Do you have Lancome in Australia? Mm-hmm. Of course you do. That was a silly mm-hmm. question. Um, there's the, mm-hmm. the mascara called Idole from Lancome is probably one of the best mascaras I've ever used in my entire life. It's amazing. And just a nice brown eyeliner because with that, you can do so many things. You can take your red lipstick, you can mix it with a bit of your concealer to create a blush if you feel like it. I mean, I like to always cocktail products and mess with things just to like, kind of almost like show myself that I can and I can be I'm, I'm like a minimalist at heart but I'm a somebody the other day said this thing to me and I thought it was brilliant she was like I'm an organized hoarder I am that person <laughs> and I, I'm an organized hoarder but I also like to try and like if I'm traveling I'll travel as minimally as I can yeah I think your makeup bag can definitely get out of control on holidays because you think what if I'm what if I go out for a nice dinner and I want to wear a purple lip and then you get there and you're like, I was never going to yeah, wear I'm that. never going to wear this. <laughs> I know. You have to take as many things with you when you travel that you can use multiple ways. Like yes. as many multiple things that you can and then a good powder. If you've got a powder, you can set all. And basically whatever is multiple is probably cream. So mm-hmm. anything in the cream category, you'd probably be able to use it on your eyes and your lips and your cheeks. And then obviously like I would take an eyeshadow palette and a makeup setting spray and a liner brush. And that would be my eyeshadow and my liner palette. Mm-hmm. As opposed to taking like mm-hmm. 10 eyeliners with me. I'd just take one palette. You know mm-hmm. what helps? What helps me is if I do my makeup while I'm filling my makeup bag. So I'll be like doing my makeup for a look that I assume I'm going to wear a lot while I'm on vacation or I'm away. And then essentially all of those things go in the bag and then you just supplement with a few extra things. 
That's smart. Because mm, then really you know smart. what you've got. You know what you've got mm. and then you're, there's a reason and a, pur- a purpose for everything that's in the bag. Any hair tips that you might have for us to finish off with? Because you seem to Ooh, also yeah. have a lot of hair skills too. Did you have any kind of hair qualification <laughs> nice. as well? Definitely not. Definitely not. I, you know, I have really curly hair and it's a little unruly at times. And so I think when you have hair that is quite that way, like you find ways to like make it do other things, you know? And so, yeah, I feel like people with curly hair often have, you know, good hair skills naturally because of that um, curly hair benefit. But honestly, like a really cool trick is just to get any hair gel that you like. And you can buy brushes for this now. Like a lot of hairdressers have this brush and it kind of looks like a massive toothbrush, but it's made of ball bristle and they use it for like, I use it, I use one in my kit that's for eyebrows, but often I'll use it like in my hair as a hairline brush to like comb, mm. um, comb the flyaways down and put a little bit of gel on it and pull the flyaways back out my face. Or actually even better, because you probably have something like this lying around already at home, an old makeup brush that you just don't like anymore. Mm-hmm. That's like in a category of like being quite dense or quite fluffy. Spray it with hairspray and then just comb your flyaways there. I mean, I'm getting all my hair tricks from like my best friend, David Lopez, who's a hairdresser and he's like mm-hmm. so talented and me just being around him for 20 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, I've just picked up like 25 new things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there's so many cool things. And then there's another trick where I have to show it to you to make it make sense. And then hopefully we can describe it. We'll but try to describe it. <laughs> my, my friend David told me this as well. But like if you take a hair tie like this. This is crazy. And it's so simple. It's one of those ones like, I can't believe I didn't know that before. So if you take a hair tie, right? And let's say you want to like wrap your hair up and you want to just like, you know, do a really tight snatched ponytail, you would just do it like that, right? And then pull through and then wrap around multiple times once. Mm -hmm. However, if you double up the ponytail, like you make a figure of eight and then you bring them together. So you've got a smaller ponytail you then take that around the hair. Oh my God, I hope this comes across as like educational and not super confusing. You take that around the hair and you wrap it over the hair once, okay? Both pieces, but then you let go of one and you pull that really oh, tight. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, that's a game changer. It's the best. Because you always get bumps when you try and do that really like big loop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've definitely got bumps, which I wasn't like trying to avoid the bumps right now, but... It gives you like a tight ponytail super fast. Yes. And like, you know, because wow. you can scrape your hair up into the tightest ponytail you have, but then when you tie it up in a ponytail, it gets looser yes. somehow sometimes. Whereas this mm. way doesn't let you do it. I think that's that blown my, my mind. <laughs> I, I think my friend, just to like trace this back to who I heard it from, my friend David Lopez heard this from Josh, who does Ariana Grande's hair. And he. Well, that's a very good source. Yes. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great tip. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. We can tick you off our bucket list now and hopefully at some point we'll be able to uh, put together another massive list of questions and just have you back to chat. You guys are so nice. Thanks so much for having me. So as you know, I have been playing around with false lashes. I've decided that I'm not going out anymore without them. Like if I have a night out, I want to wear false lashes. I've just decided. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm taking things to the next level. Yep. Fair enough. So I feel like lockdown was a really good time to practice. And I really recommend anyone that wants to learn, like do like use Mm -hmm. this time to learn a new skill. So I started with the Ardell. They were like the individuals. I've got like individual lashes. And so I did the individuals and I was like, yeah, this is like, 
it's not wasn't that hard, but it wa- definitely wasn't even. Like some were like you know a, a millimeter off the lash line, some were on yeah. the lash line. Like it was very, it was really hard to get it very even. I I do think that with a bit more practice. I could learn how to do it. But Megan from our team who did the mascara episode, she said on that episode, try cutting a lash in half and then just sticking, or maybe you told me that she did that. And then yeah, just, think, yeah. Yeah. And then you just put the, um, that's what I do. Yeah. And then you put that half the false lash mm. on the outer edge of your eye. And I, so basically I did the individuals and it was so like time consuming and like uneven. Yeah. So like the payoff wasn't there that I wanted. So I was like, okay, let's try this trick of Megan's. So I got, I've got the Ardell Naked Lashes and I've also got the Duo Glue, which are both available online at Adore. And I cut them in half. It was a, it's game changing, absolute, easy to apply. They look amazing, like game changing. Why have I not been doing yeah. this? I'm not sure. I really thought you already knew that trick. No, I really. It's <laughs> it just looks so much more natural because you don't get that lift at the front of your um, so eye. So good. You know, when you use an entire strip lash and then halfway through the night it's starting to peel up, you just don't get that when you do half. And I just find that it gives you that really like fluttery eye on the out on the outskirts. The Ardell ones are only um, naked lashes are like $13. And I, yeah. I did an order, a door order the other day. I spent like $50 with my discount on like well, $70 on like just false, that. on false lashes. Remember, but we get like a discount. So it was like, yes, a, I've got a whole box do. of lashes coming. <laughs> I love that. For lockdown. Um, and I'm going to like I'm just going to get better and better. I'm like never yeah. going back. Oh, I love it. This is my life now. This is my I This am, is the new Hannah. I am never doing my makeup without lashes. Hey, can you reuse lashes or once you use them once do you throw them out? I tend to use mine like twice. Okay. Like it's probably not that, but a lot of people do reuse lashes. Okay. So what I tend to do just to get the excess glue off, I get a little alcohol swab. Oh. And I like use that to help like remove the glue. And then from use the, it again. Um, lash, and then I use it again because I find that that's like, oh, I guess I'm kind of disinfecting it at the same time. Okay. But they do collect dust and stuff. So if you are going to reuse them, I'd put them away somewhere, like either back in their packaging or like in a little like Ziploc bag or something just to stop dust and other shit getting stuck on them. Yeah. But, yeah, you can technically reuse them. The only thing I'll say with these ones is that they go, they're a bit shorter in the inner corner and then they go longer. Mm. And so I cut both lashes and used mm-hmm. the outer lashes. So I've got basically yep. one pair of lashes is four different uses. Yeah, so you're technically getting like four lashes for $13. As to two. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's it's uh, uh, it's a game cuz I always thought lashes were so expensive and you didn't want to mm. waste that on just a night for dinner. But like yeah. Definitely wasting, you know, doing it for dinner cuz if you think about yeah. it, if you reuse them twice, it's actually really affordable. So And also, you just look so good. Oh, next so. level. Totally <laughs> next level. I was like loving myself yesterday like I just was like (laughs) I could tell you look amazing like I looked amazing yeah you did what is your product today uh my product I didn't know I needed is a nail polish I uh, you know I'm a a nail polish um enthusiast Mm -hmm. so the new polish that I've just discovered is the Essie Expressi so this is a quick dry nail polish and we all know how much I love my OPI quick drip dry drops And so they help to speed up like any nail polish drying. 
So this is just nail polish that dries quickly. So they say it dries in about one minute. With the shades that I have, I tend to do two coats. So I leave it a little bit longer just in case. So I've got Buns Up, which is one of my favorites. It's like a torpy kind of color. It is really nice and they do definitely dry quickly. I still put my drip dry drops over the top because I don't want to wait a minute. I want to wait three seconds. So um, I still do use that with it. And then I also um, have been using the Essie Gel Setter Top Coat, uh, which goes on really nicely over the top. And I feel like it just makes your nails look like you've got shellac on when really it's just regular polish. So yeah, that is my product. I didn't know I needed. And also now um, Essie have made all of their products eight free which is like all the uh, chemicals and stuff that used to be in nail polishes that brands are starting to pull out, like formaldehyde and stuff like that. So yeah, they've kind of changed it up a little bit with their formulas, but that's all I have to say about Expressy. I love the name, Essie Expressy. Yeah, same. I know. Whoever came up with that, well done. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to finish with. <laughs> Um, if we can't talk about Netflix, what if we can't talk about if we Netflix? We can't talk about Netflix. What do we talk about? I'm actually listening to, and maybe this is then a little shout out to um, After Dark. If you missed After Dark, mm-hmm. I love Juliet Allen's Authentic Sex. It's such a great podcast, mm-hmm. and she was actually a guest. I found uh, she was a guest on our first season of After Dark. Yeah, way back when, and then we've got the new season up on Bite Size Beauty. So I yes. would highly recommend. I would highly recommend After Dark on Bite Size Beauty. Um, yes, I am not biased you're at all. Host. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also I really loved Juliet Allen's Authentic Sex. I think it's a really good podcast. And if skin's more your vibe, Dermal Diaries is now on Bite Size Beauty if you want to go and have a listen to that with James and Yads. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.